Okay, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I know it's been a while since the last podcast, but um, I'm going to set dates to be a bit more frequent. So all the podcasts, uh, like the Spoken Podcast, will come out on Tuesdays. The podcasts that are like this, it'll come out on Tuesdays. And then I have like the documentary type of podcast. I have to pick a day for that because those take a bit longer to create. Uh, I have to do the research and then the pictures and then the recording. It's just a lot. Those take the longest. So be on the lookout for that. But welcome back to the Respect the Conglomerate podcast. Now, as I grow this podcast, I do need some help. Please leave reviews uh, on Apple Music. I'm not sure if you can do it on Spotify, but if you can, please do that. Um, the reviews help uh, trigger the algorithm to push me up. I'm trying to get into the new and noteworthy, but you need a lot of reviews. So please review, review on Apple Podcasts. Um, this week was a heavy week um, because actually last week, Kobe Bryant died, uh, passed away along with his daughter and seven others that was on the, um, they died on a helicopter, a helicopter crash. Very, very sad. It was tragic to know that these children lost their lives. And there was there was also a family that was on there, a mom, a dad, and a child who left behind two other children. And it was it was so sad. I cried my eyes out the first day I heard. Very, very tough. But uh, now that we've acknowledged that, let's move forward. I figure we can start off with something like um, politics. Uh, first things first, as you all know, Michael Bloomberg is running for president. Um, Camila Harris, who I actually really liked, dropped out of the race because uh, Michael Bloomberg declared, uh, well, started running for the race. And she dropped out because he's a billionaire and he had the funds to go further. And she felt that she wouldn't be able to compete. So she dropped out. And I actually really liked her. But uh, Michael Bloomberg, his PR team, they're doing an amazing job because he had a very bad reputation when it came to um, blacks or people of color. It was Hispanics as well um, with the stop and frisk in New York. Remember, he was, was he the mayor or he was the governor? Not really sure. don't really care. But his his new campaign definitely changes the entire uh his entire politics, his whole thing. Uh, he, they're running with call him Mike Bloomberg, just Mike. Uh, a lot of the uh, campaigns are like, just call me Mike. Um, he is running for president. He's worth more than $50 billion, which I thought was crazy. $50 billion. Um, he set a goal to help 1 million black families um, create more wealth by having black-owned jobs and owning more homes. Uh because black families, uh, typically, we own one-tenth as much as the white family. Now, I'm not exactly sure how he's going to go about reaching these goals. When he announced that uh, his goals for, for the black people, because, you know, the presidential race is about pandering to the black vote. He, he didn't describe any plans. And... As I was reading the article about him, his lack of plans, he's just saying anything that'll make black people eat it up. What exactly can we do? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not exactly sure 
what could be done just because there's been a 300 year head start with many people that have the wealth now to try to transfer it it may take 300 years to catch up maybe less you know maybe we can do it in half with the technology we have but it is a realistic to believe that it could be done in one generation you know what i mean like it, it just it isn't realistic and you're not the first person like mike bloomberg isn't the first person to have these big plans you, black people have these big plans but it's it's very difficult to piece together now he says he's going to double uh, black owned businesses and i guess a way you can do that is to give more grants um to black people or black grants but what about uh the education to keep the business sustainable for a long period of time because yeah you can give them a grant but you know most businesses fail within the first three years i think it's like 98 percent of most businesses fail within the first three years so if we don't have the education because you don't allow black people to go to schools outside of their zip code, especially when their zip code is in a poverty-stricken neighborhood and it's five people to one science book, how are we educating these people to have these businesses and be sustainable to pass down to future generations? Uh, like I said, all this can't be done within one generation, but let the pandering continue. Anyway, so uh, Michael Bloomberg is at has about four percent support of the black vote, and his biggest competitor, as you know, is Joe Biden, who has the forty eight percent. I like Joe Biden. I guess I don't know. I don't know much of his politics. I'm not a politician. Um, what I know about Joe Biden, I think he's he's from Delaware. I'm from Philly, so I we've heard a lot of Joe Biden because he lives twenty minutes away. So we hear his name pretty frequently. That's my cat, if you guys heard anything down there sneezing. But yeah, so his biggest competitor is Joe Biden, who has 48% of the black vote. And I thought that was interesting. But moving on, um, SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's uh, space company, uh, tested an abort mission in one of their rockets. Uh, so that is they put dummies in a rocket shot it up to space and then blew the rocket up to see if, uh, if the dummies will be able to be ejected safely and they passed that test and because they passed that test um, they should be able to go to the International Space Station uh, at the top of the second quarter so hopefully we see something this year um, humans haven't traveled to the International Space Station from the US um, since about 2011 which I thought was crazy. Uh, while doing this research, I don't know why I thought we went like all the time. I thought it was a thing. Uh, and then also, we haven't been to the moon in years, which a lot of people think uh, the first moon landing is a hoax. And I love, I love those type of conspiracy conversations because I don't. I feel like I agree. I don't think we ever went to the moon. But what are your thoughts? Do you think that we went to the moon? Um, do you guys follow the conspiracy theories about who, who actually landed on the moon? Uh, Sideline, that was to say, a lot of people believe that the U.S. Um, faked the moon landing because uh, we wanted to beat Russia to the punch. So we just did like a film screen, like a film set, and, and just recorded a fake moon landing. I thought that was interesting. And we haven't been back yet. 
in the year is 2020 and we still haven't been that's why I can't remember if we have or not so let me not misspeak but yeah I thought that was really wild but yeah so uh SpaceX did did a uh they had a successful abort mission uh, they blew up the the rocket they got people aborted safely and so now they're gonna go to the International Space Station which is exciting for Elon Musk and I love Elon Musk I love him so that's a cool story to follow moving on let's discuss uh artificial intelligence so there was a recent article that came out that Google CEO Sundar Pachi said there's no question that artificial intelligence should be regulated it's because the artificial intelligence is so smart it's it's learning from its mistakes and it's getting better and better 20 times as fast uh 20 times faster than the average human brain which is incredible and it it showed me how artificial intelligence is growing so fast right under our nose and and little minute details that you really have to focus to pay attention for example one day when when i was at work and i think i told this story one day i was at work and i had like an insurance document up on my screen from this insurance that i've never researched before but uh, i need to get in contact with them so i go to google and i put in the first letter of of the insurance so say say k i put in the letter k and the entire uh, insurance name popped up and it was like uh insurance name phone number like just popped up so that goes to show the google browser actually read um the pdf that i had of, of the insurance information and then it knew that I was going to Google to search it and then pulled it up. It was like the recommended search, which I thought that was crazy. That was artificial intelligence. And that's wild. So keep that looking, keep looking out for that. And then uh, I also learned that Google is learning um, pattern recognition. Like, like I said, I live in Philly and one day I was driving to New Jersey. And... Uh, Sorry, I was driving to New Jersey and then when I was in this particular spot, I put on my GPS to go to the mall because I didn't know where the mall was. And I guess when I was in that spot before, the P the GPS picked it up and realized I was going to the mall. So before I even had to type in a mall address, Google knew that I was looking for the mall by determining my location. I thought that was weird. And then what I'm noticing... Like on my timeline, on different commercials, they're really trying to push the Google Home, um, the Google Home speaker for free. They're like, free Google Homes, get yours, claim it, claim it now. And like I said in the last podcast, if it's free, then you're the product. Like, And that's a fact. And Google's trying to push these speakers into your home because they're listening, like, Google is listening to everything. If you have a speaker, um, your cell phone, if you have the Google Chrome app, ooh, if you have the Google Chrome app, Google is listening to everything. And it's creepy. And you'll, you'll realize it's listening because uh, it'll take bits and pieces of your information, use the artificial intelligence, and try to promote or push ads for you to see. And I thought that was so odd. So 
here's a warning for everybody listening to uh, getting those uh, those free Google speakers. Just a warning. Be careful. Be careful. Because they're really trying to push uh, the Google speakers on people. And I thought that was wild. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Well, in addition to artificial intelligence, let's just stay on the artificial intelligence. Uh, London is actually doing this six-month run using artificial intelligence. And they're able to scan faces of crowds, large crowds, and uh, determine the criminals from the face scan, artificial intelligence. Now, this isn't a scan that um, people don't have the power to you know, opt out of it. It's just, it's just a nationwide. And that's what the up, uproar is about because people can't up, opt out of this facial recognition. And it's very scary because um, in the same article, their argument was, I'm sorry. In the same article, their, uh, their argument was a lot of these facial recognition systems are biased between, uh, are biased up for women and people of color and they're like 80 to 90 percent inaccurate when it comes to women and people of color so they're not sure how this is gonna work now like i said this is just a six month test run and it's for the police but i, I thought it was odd that the government could just do this and they don't ask permission um, for the citizens that they're using it on i feel like it's an invasion of privacy but uh, I really don't know the rules in London, so I thought that was very odd. And then police says, um, if they don't find a match, so say you're in, um, you're walking in the crowd, and the facial recognition system like picks up your face or notices it. They say if, if you don't pull up as a criminal, it deletes your picture immediately. I highly doubt that. Um, it doesn't make sense for them to delete it. Like if I was if I was in favor of the facial recognition system, it wouldn't make sense to delete it. I feel like you can make more money holding on to that data. That's data that you collect it. It wouldn't make any sense to delete. So the fact that they're saying it, it just shows they're lying to you straight off the bat. You already know what kind of party that is. <laughs> so it's whatever. Moving on. Mm-mm. Sorry, I needed a sip of my tea. Moving on. Um, Tinder, I read. They're um, adding in a button for people that feel unsafe when they go on Tinder dates. Or you feel like someone's going to harm you or they catfish you. You just hit the button and it will alert uh, friends of your location or the police. And it could come in very handy. I feel like since... Tinder has been along, around for so long and so many people have been asking about this. It's been, it's 2020. They, Tinder should have implemented this a long time ago, but it's interesting um, to see what happens. I would love to see the results from this solution or what they deem to be a solution. I, I would love to see what happens next. And while reading this article, I did not know that Tinder was owned by um, the Match Group, and the Match Group is uh, it's a conglomerate, and they own Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, Tinder, Match.com, and Hinge. And I thought that was interesting how this one company is like 
swooping up and buying all the dating apps. Mm, is that a good strategy? I feel like people are just going to continue making dating apps and you can't really buy them all. I guess you can improve improve the ones that you have. Did you notice that Facebook is trying to get into the dating game? And that's odd. Facebook is trying to touch everything. Yep. Facebook is a hell of a conglomerate and they want everything to remain in their uh, and like within the Facebook ecosystem aside from Instagram. But I thought that was very odd. And cool that match match.com owns all of these companies. I thought that was very, very cool. So yeah, let's I'm interested I'm interested to see how that, that added feature will work. And moving on to, you know, every year we have a deadly virus. And this year it is coronavirus. It's always some shit that we, we don't really know about. But it's in China. And they're, uh, the Chinese authorities have temporarily shut down public transportation. And there's a city in China, Wuhan, um, where the outbreak started. Where the Chinese uh, officials quarantined the entire um, the entire town like put cars in front no one can come in no one can come out because so many people were sick and they were like spreading it like crazy it's a deadly disease so they quarantined it which is absolutely horrible for the people in China I can only imagine what they're going through and then they're so overpopulated so it's like people on top of people it's just a it's crazy, and I hope, and it's come to the U.S. I'm, I've heard cases of it being in Chicago, and it's it's scary. And they said that it came from um, bartering meat, or you know the the meat market. I guess an animal had it. Uh, someone killed the animal, sold the animal, brought it back home. You digested it, and now now a human being has it, and then we pass it on. It seems like all the all the wild things come from animals, and mm, I don't know. Maybe it was on purpose, you know. Allegedly, this is a, a conspiracy theory. I'm 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 starting a conspiracy theory, but I thought interesting, and it goes that actually goes in well with our next topic, Memphis Meats, which is a startup that I have my eye on. They were actually. Um, they actually just raised one hundred and sixty-one million. Um, uh, I think it was. It's not a C round. I think I don't know what what level round it was, but it was one hundred sixty-one million by SoftBank. Um, they're headquartered in uh, Berkeley, California, and their competitors are Beyond Meat, which I did uh, a video on about how it'll be a billion-dollar company and Impossible Meats. Except with Memphis Meats. Uh, they do lab-grown meat, so they'll grow like a, a faux, faux beef, faux cow meat. Whereas uh, Impossible and Beyond Beyond Meat, their position is more so plant-based uh, replicas of meat, plant-based. Where Beyond Meat also does a little bit of uh, genetically modifying different uh, proteins for it to be more squishy and have the appearance of meat it's it's lab gro lab grown meat but it was plant-based so memphis meats 
I haven't read anything that says that it's plant-based or it's leaning more towards vegans. But just that they're trying to um, decrease like the, the gas emissions from cows. So they're doing it all in-house. I'm interested to see the future of that. Will people want to eat lab-grown meat? Because that's definitely GMO. Uh, I feel like people that care about the environment or people that's in that market... Um, their eating habits are greatly influenced on uh, GMO products. It is just, it, I don't know, it just seems fishy. Would you guys eat lab-grown meat? I feel like it's not its not the move for me. Uh, I, I particularly, I don't eat meat, but I do eat seafood. But I wouldn't eat uh, lab-grown meat. It doesn't sound delighted. But like I said, they're just starting off. So we'll see what the future holds. Moving on, it is, well, I mean, by the time you guys hear this, the Super Bowl had already passed, but it's actually today. The Super Bowl is today, and uh, while going through the Super Bowl, I did realize the New York Giants quarterback, Eli Manning, um, he retired from the NFL last week, and he retired as one of the top-earning players in the league history. Now, he was in the league for 16 years in with his salary, he made $252 million. That doesn't include any licensing deals, uh, sponsorships, or agreements. But uh, that was just the salary. But he made a lot. He did promotional deals with Nike, Gatorade, Toyota, Visa, and many other companies. Um, Forbes named him one of the most marketable players off-field, which I thought was crazy. Now, I don't watch football, but I do know who Eli Manning was. So I guess Forbes is right. They marketed the hell out of him. Uh, for me, someone who doesn't watch sports at all, um, I know his name. And I could recognize his face. Uh, I, I sort of only know his name from Nicki Minaj has a song. And she says uh, Eli Manning's name. Or his brother. I really don't know. But that's... When I think of his name, I think of Nicki Minaj. So I thought that was interesting. $252 million is a lot of money. Uh, but he's made even more through the promos and things like that. Mm. While talking about promotional deals, there's been a, a brand collab with Vitamin Shop and LA Fitness. So Vitamin Shop has opened stores and nine um, LA Fitness gyms. Uh, just to see how things will work. And Vitamin Shop is a vitamin supplement company. And I feel like for as long as LA Fitness has been an up and growing company, they should have had a vitamin supplement brand a long time ago. Like that should have been there. Why are you just now doing vitamin supplements in 2020 and then you're doing it with vitamin shop um sure i guess you can see how it'll grow i feel like if it's successful get the vitamin shop out of there and market your own private label la fitness brand and just focus on that because there's no need to have vitamin shop even in the mix but i'm excited to see where that grows i just thought it was so odd that they're just now doing a collab when They've been open for years. Very odd. Very, very odd. 
Um, and then also speaking of collabs, uh, Norsham is doing a six month run on their, their resale program. So for all the damage and return clothes, um, they have a resale program uh, and it's called, what's it called? It's called see you tomorrow. And so they have a whole like boutique section in their store of the damage and return clothing. And you can shop in there for like good quality clothing at a discounted rate. Now the resale market is growing tremendously. As you can see, um, different companies, Play-Doh's Closet, Thread Up. Uh, let's see, Neiman Marcus just brought a fashion pile. Um, there's The resale market is growing so fast that these large chains are trying to jump in now. And I see Nordstrom is always like the leader in that change because remember when the subscription boxes were really hot like five years ago? They're, they're still good now, but they're definitely not as hot as they once were five years ago. Nordstrom was on like the forefront. I forgot the name of their box. Is it just like Nordstrom box? I'm not sure, but they were on the forefront of that as a subscription service. So I, I really like their team over at Nordstrom because they're very, uh, they, they know when to pivot and they're not afraid to try anything. So I thought that was interesting. And then... Let's talk about Justin Bieber. Mm. Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber uh, released a docu-series to go along with his album. Um, the docu-series is called Sears and it premieres on YouTube. And it cost about $2 million an episode to create. And this is a series that um, YouTube acquired. And it's a part of their original content series. Now, YouTube is YouTube is competing against um, Netflix for their premium. So, also his his um his docu series is on YouTube Premium. So they're competing against Netflix, and it's interesting to see because they have the premium. If you have YouTube Premium, premium, you can watch all the episodes in advance. But if you don't, you have to wait. I think it's like twice a week and you can see the free ones with the ads. And I just thought it was very, very interesting. So I watched one of them. I'm not the biggest Justin Bieber fan, but I watched one of the episodes just to see what it was about. Uh, and so uh, remember when Justin Bieber had the, the little chart going around telling people, oh, this is what you need to do if you want to increase my stream numbers, if you want to get me to number one. And one of them was... Uh, Put it on uh, repeat in your playlist and then turn it down really low. Don't mute it. Just turn it down low. And as I was watching uh, the seasons docuseries, I watched two episodes. He plays a lot of his songs throughout the entire video low. Very, very low. And his microphone volume that's on him and whoever's being filmed is high up. So it's almost as if you can't hear it because you get drowned out by the conversation. But it's playing really, really low. And that counts as a stream. If you guys remember, um, the Billboard rules changed at the top of the year, January 2020. The YouTube videos would count as a stream. So that's a, a sneaky little way that he's trying to increase his numbers as well. And I thought that was very, very odd to find that. Like, all of this is hidden in plain sight. So expect to see more docu-series. Expect to see more 
musicians pushing out content through YouTube because that counts with their numbers. Like that increases their numbers. So I thought that was very cool to see. So keep an eye out for that. And that is all I have for the podcast. So let's see. What are the plans for the podcast? Like I said, um, these type of podcasts will come out every Tuesday. I'm trying to be more consistent. So these type of podcasts will come out every Tuesday. And as for the documentary style videos, uh, I have to pick a day for that because they do take a lot longer. So be prepared for that. And yes, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review on Apple Music. That'll boost me up and it'll get me to the new and noteworthy. And that's what I'm trying to be. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.